has a business that owns almost all things. From parking to drugs, private prisons to casinos and guns. Dean is the man who's their number one fan. He loves them so much. And he wants to chat with each person who works for the brand. He doesn't work for them. This is a fact you should know. Ardenfell, thank you for being here at this uh, sort of experimental live version of my podcast. Um, the Corporation is my podcast. It's the podcast where I, I interview uh, employees of the many subsidiaries of my favorite multinational conglomerate, Hogswood Cooper Media. And I thought if you've never heard the podcast or, or really know what Hogswood Cooper is, I thought I would tell you a little bit about them. They're in almost every industry. You just can't get away from them. They, they, they permeate every, every factor of our life. Uh, I've interviewed to this date over 100 employees of different subsidiaries of this company, and I wanted to tell you just a few of them so you get a sense for, for how far this company reaches. Um, I interviewed Davy Ray Briggs. He sells uh, unused military equipment to police departments across the country. Uh, I interviewed Gabe Vantown. He works for Killzone Construction. Um, they disperse oil pipeline protesters with a helicopter with a big swinging blade on it. <laughs> Griff Chisholm runs the number one professional wrestling show for white males between 60 and 65 years old. Tinsley Drasco. Tinsley was great. She works for Incel, the private prison company. And she finds ways to monetize the things that the inmates need. Uh, Lola Davenpeck works for Fact Swap Publishing, where she removes objectionable content from Texas school textbooks. Very important work. And this guy, J.P. Higgs Boshan, we'll never forget him, uh, because he wrote his own capitalist version of the Bible. Um, all held by Hogswood Cooper Media. So you get, the, you get an idea now for exactly how far this goes, and we're going to interview two more uh, in this podcast tonight. So you're going to get to uh, hear from two more people like this who work for different subsidiaries of companies. My first guest is a resident teaching instructor for We're Playing You Kids! a theater arts company that works with low-income schools to bring kids the message that anyone with enough gumption can become rich and successful in America. He and his troupe of professional actors have performed his original play, Billy's Bootstraps, in over 100 schools, rec centers, and after-school programs around the country. In his spare time, he enjoys playing paintball in the dark. Please welcome Teddy Burnbridge. Hello, Teddy. Hi, Dean. Great to have you here. Great to be here, Dean. It's Dean, isn't it? It is Dean, yes. Okay. Thank you very much uh, for checking. Thank you very much. Uh, um, so and you, it is Teddy. It is, te yes. I, sorry, I should have reciprocated there. Um, Thank you. you go around to schools and tell them that they could be the next Je Jeff Bezos if they only worked hard enough, right? That is verbatim what I open with, yes. Wow, wow. You just open with, hey, this is, uh, uh, kids, you just have to work Real, real hard. And then I say the Jeff Bezos thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I say the first thing you said, not the second thing you said. The first thing was verbatim what I said. Wow. Well, uh, that's uh, what a what a coincidence. Um, <laughs> Don't ask me what it was. Because I, I save it for the kids. Sure, of course you do. Um, you know, a lot of organizations are are doing like theater for social change. Mm. You know, and they're trying to mm. change everything. I feel like you you're doing more of like a theater for like stasis like keeping things the way they are right like train kids to work within the system right? don't don't fix what ain't 
uh, what's the saying? Oh. I'm sorry. When I'm not when I'm not you know performing, I'm kind of I'm kind of out of it. I really work best on stage uh, with an audience and sure, just, like. Um, <laughs> I mean, I understand. If this is only a live podcast, it's not like, say, you know, 900 screaming kids in an auditorium where you're like, got the spotlight. No, there on is you. quite a difference there. Yeah, sure, sure. Have you ever been on stage with 900 screaming kids at you? N- no, not no. at all. No. So you wouldn't know. No, of course. And I suppose you have the you have the feeling of like you're you're in a character because you're playing you're the star yes. of this Billy's Bootstraps play. Yes. Um, the kids must love that, huh? They're hesitant at first, but by the sixth act, they really come around. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. And so, what is the uh, what's the arc of the you know without getting into too much detail? Yeah, what's the arc of um, the story of Billy's Bootstraps? Well, it starts off with his grandparents. Mm. And they're very wealthy. And that does play a major part in the story. Okay, okay. That gotcha. really comes in handy down yeah. the road for Billy. Okay. Um, act two, we meet my character, Billy. Hmm. Um, and my name is Billy Bootstraps. You actually got it wrong. It's not Billy's Bootstraps. It's oh. just no, um, I, Billy I, Bootstraps is the name. Is that the name of the play also? Billy Bootstraps. And I play Billy Bootstraps. Yeah, okay. And it's... The titular Billy Bootstraps. Yes, Gotcha. It's still, it's an uplifting story about how, um, you know, he comes from nothing besides the large inheritance. I see. And then he is able to, you know, work the system and yeah. make it big right, in of society. Course. And how you can too. Right. And so you say that to a bunch of kids at a low-income school. Yes. Has it occurred to you that some of these kids won't have that uh, advantage in life when they be start for are start starting starting out? You're looking confused. I don't understand. They don't have that. Adva- they're just not trying hard enough. Then, Dean. I see. Yeah. <laughs> so the message of the play is that is the is work hard enough to have rich parents, or yes, if your parents aren't rich, you're not trying hard enough. And the problem, if they're not, if, you know, it sounds like their parents weren't trying hard enough. It's a, it's a long line of people being lazy and not trying hard enough. That's the problem. That's what they talk about when they talk about generational cycles and everything, right? Mm-hmm. Is that if your parents mm-hmm. didn't try hard enough, you're going to be in a lower spot, right? I've, yes, yeah. I've heard all of those words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess if kids aren't doing well, they can always look back at their parents and grandparents and say, you didn't try hard enough, and that's why I'm here, right? Exactly. I heard a gasp from the audience on that one. So It's a, it's a moving piece. Do yes. you get, do you, what is the feedback you get from teachers and students and parents on the, on the play itself? Can I, can I be honest with you? Hmm. Negative. Oh. Um, Exclusively negative? Negative? Yeah, we rarely get a second run at these schools. It's kind of a, uh, a one and done. I don't know what they thought it was going to be about, but yeah. Um, yeah, I guess a lot of kids leave feeling beaten down or, you know, like all is lost, all is hopeless. Mm. Um, I just don't think they really appreciate the theater is all it is. Yeah, yeah. And you don't, um, see, that would bother me. I, I'd, I'd be constantly trying to f- fix it or change it or do something different. But you say, absolutely not. The play is what it is. It's locked. I've already written the play. Yeah, the play yeah. cannot be rewritten. Okay. So you would never consider changing it. I'm sorry. It. Are you Billy Bootstraps? No, no, no. Of course not. No. I'm Billy Bootstraps. Right. Okay? Right. I would never And think- no, I never made it. 
I never made it in, in, in Broadway, okay? I never made it in off-Broadway. I never made it in my regional theater group, okay? I had, I mean, I got to write a very inspirational play and pitch it to schools. And they said no. So we pitched it to low-income schools, and they said, okay. And over 100 have said, okay. Over 100 schools, you've gotten to say, okay, and let them do your, their, your play at their school. I don't, they get to have us. They get to, of course they do. Of course, you must have an astronomical rate. This is such a, mm -hmm. you know, an involved production. I know there's a whole cast and a, a set and everything, right? Yeah. 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 We covered gas. Oh, And okay. then... Anything, anything on top of that is a huge win, honestly. I see. Okay. I don't really need to make this. Might come as a surprise to you. Mm. I come from money, and oh. so you know, it's a, I have quite a, a a wealth to burn through before it really becomes an issue for me. I see. Um, my it? parents don't really get it, mm. but I don't think they're trying hard enough. Yeah. Are they, uh, did, so is, I have to ask, is this Billy in any way influenced by you? Is this a, an autobiographical play? I've never thought about it that way. Oh, okay. But I think it may be somewhat autobiographical. Yeah. Okay. Not completely, because my name is not Billy in real life. Right. Your name so. is a different five-letter name that ends with Y. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you for confirming that. So I, uh, now I got to ask because um, I know sometimes when a play, you know, an original play goes up, then the goal is take it from one city to another city to another city, and eventually it ends up on Broadway and it becomes Hamilton or what ha what have you. And so is that your goal for this play that one day you'll be able to take it all the way to the Great White Way? That would be huge. I was not cast in Hamilton, and I tried. I tried hard yeah. to get into that, yeah. and they would not give me the time of day. Okay. And so, if I could be the new Hamilton, I'm willing. I'm I the would, new I Hamilton. Would, you mean yeah. if you're that's playing. what you're offering me, right? Well, I was. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're at cross purposes here. What I was suggesting was that perhaps your play Billy Bootstraps could end up on Broadway, yes. like Hamilton is. I'll I wasn't do it. asking you if you would play Hamilton. Um, I think famously most of those roles are for people of color. Yeah, know. okay, I've heard that a lot. Have you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, I'll stick to Billy, okay? Well, I would I'm love for kids not to have to be my only audience. Yeah. Because yeah. there is some mature content. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> that I really wish I wasn't having to do this just for kids. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I hate to even ask, but like, can you give us a hint of what some of the more objectionable material is in the play? Nudity. I was naked. Okay. Because it starts with my grandparents, so there's a lengthy birthing process. Oh, wow. Where it kind of tracks, not, sorry, Billy's life, not mine. It's, we are different. Oh, are we getting a sneak peek here? Of, of the of, nudity of or the... the <laughs> no, of the material of the scene. You're about to explain what happened. Uh, well, no, basically I'm just saying like act one's my grandparents, then we follow my parents, then I am born in act two. Okay. And then we see how, you know, I have it really hard because I'm just surrounded by piles of money and a gold crib and, like, all these things that I'm able to overcome and I still see. make it as a, a pretty big deal. Yeah. I imagine that you certainly have a lot of um, 
expectation put on you as a child who comes from great wealth. I'm sure your grandparents and parents mm -hmm. are expecting great things from you, and that mm -hmm. puts so much pressure on you, Teddy, or I'm sorry, uh, Billy. Billy, play, right? yeah. And I try so hard, and I do really well. I make them proud. Wow. <laughs> and what is the, uh, if you don't mind spoiling the ending, what is the big happy ending for Billy? He plays Hamilton. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, well, I have to ask, um, because I did mention that you have this hobby mm -hmm. of um, playing paintball in the dark. Yep. But this isn't like laser bowling or anything like that. You're literally in the dark. Yes. And, uh, and how did that come about? What, what, what's, the, what's the appeal of that hobby? Um, well, I used to play it with the lights on. Mm, okay. And I was a bad shot. And my brother was not, so we turned the lights off, and now whatever happens, happens, you know? I see, I see. Uh, it's a fair playing field. Yeah, great equalizer. Um, yeah. Wow, I gotta and, uh, try just that. Just kind of ran with it. I would love to have you over sometime. Yeah. Um, what, how much do you make, if you don't mind me asking? We do kind of have a cap at oh, our house. You? If you okay. make under a certain I amount, we don't really Whatever jive the cap is, I certainly make under it. Oh, then never mind. Yeah. I mean, I don't even have a Patreon for this podcast, so. Uh, well, it, it is really inspiring to me. And, uh, you know, I mean, if I could say, like, it does, it's very inspirational that, and I know you're not, you're not Billy. No. I mean, I want to make that very clear. Mm -hmm. But you did, you were born into great wealth, and you have managed to work your way up to doing this play for schools who say, okay. Yeah. And randomly getting shot at by paintballs in the dark. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's, I mean, your parents got to be very proud of what you've been able to accomplish. Yes. I like to think that as well. Oh, that's great. Um, well, I'm going to move on to my second guest here. We'll talk to you uh, more in a minute. Okay. Uh, folks, my second guest is the Director of Logistics for Terminate Choice LLC. A national organization that decommissions abortion clinics and other reproductive health facilities around the country, closing them safely and repurposing the spaces into more useful businesses like banks, fast food restaurants, and spin cycle gyms. In her spare time, she makes custom gowns for toy dog breeds. Please welcome Annette Gelby, everybody. Thank you so much Hello. for having me, Dean. Oh, Thank it's you great so to much have you. for having me. Great to have you. So, wow, what important work you're doing. Thank you, I know. A state, a state says no more abortion clinics, and you get in there and you raise it to the and ground or turn it into something different. Yes, raise with a Z. Yes. Yeah, yes, yes I do. I, I get rid of them, I destroy them, and then I build back better. Yeah. I build wow. back better. It's weird that you would use a Joe Biden slogan for that. Mm. Well, it was mine before, and he stole oh. it from me. He's a okay. thief. He's a thief. Now, of course, you, you mentioned, you mentioned I, make, I make banks, I make fast food restaurants, and I make spin cycle gyms. But just in case anyone doesn't understand, I make sperm banks that make more babies, okay? I make fast food restaurants okay. for the pregnant women because they're hungry. And I make spin cycle gyms. A spin cycle gym is where you do spinning on a bicycle and we track your cycle at the same time. <laughs> just to make sure, just to make sure you're on time and nothing funny is going on. Wow, I mean, when I- And that you stay in prime baby making shape. Sure. 
So when I said you're turning abortion clinics into banks, fast food restaurants, and spin cycle gyms, I thought those were just three random things that no, you... No, not random at all, Dean. No. Not uh, random at all. No. They are all means to an end. Means that to an end. That end being more, more babies. More babies. Gotcha. I'm hearing a lot of uh, up, uh, groans of approval in the audience right mm, now. Yes, I am used to groans of approval. I hear them everywhere I go. You're getting uh, very busy in Arkansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Oklahoma, Texas, South Dakota, Texas. Tennessee, Texas, right? You're like the closer or something, or the you come in and you really yeah, get things ABC, done. Yeah, ABC, always be creating problems for people who want abortions. That's... I thought you were going to say creating babies, but... Well, always be creating babies as well. Sure, yes. sure. That, oh, sure, that would have been simpler, hey, Dean. Hey, you can have that. I'm not uh, using it. So, um, No, I don't need your... Slogans. No, of course no. No, no. People steal from you. You don't steal from other people. Joe Biden steals Joe your slogans. Joe Biden steals from me. Yeah, yeah. I don't steal from Joe Biden. Um, I mean, I'm sure people, when you come in with your big construction crew and you're knocking down an abortion clinic, probably people are protesting and coming and saying, oh, I've got a life-threatening medical condition and I have to get an abortion. I don't want to drive a million miles across state lines and all sorts of things like that. What do you, what do you say when people are saying those sorts of things to you? Mostly I say tough cookies. <laughs> tough cookies. And honestly, if it wasn't for me... Uh, you know, Teddy, you wouldn't have much of a business because you oh. work at low-income schools. And I mainly try to prevent uh, low-income people from uh, getting abortions. Yeah, a, a lot of our best audiences have come from those sperm banks you build, mm -hmm. so thank you. Mm -hmm. And most of your audience, by choice, would have been aborted. Hmm. That is several reviews we've gotten. They yes. were like, I, w I would have rather been aborted than watch that a second time. <laughs> wow. Um, so, so we work in perfect harmony with yeah. each other, honestly. Oh, yeah. Wow, wow. None of the rest of my questions are relevant. Well, no, um, no, no, please. <laughs> no, ask them whether they are or not. Go ahead, Dean. Well, I'm just... Ask them. I've got a, I, Are I'm, you a coward? <laughs> yes. For sure, yes. Um, I mean, in fact, the way you're looking at me right now makes me very uncomfortable. Mm. Um, but I, I... Well, that's because you come from a weak seed, Dean. Oh. But I'm happy you're here nonetheless. Thank you, thank you. Um, you uh, make me look better. Thank you, thank you. Mm. Uh, most people don't tell me they're happy that I'm on my own podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I understand why you're the person with the power in this situation. The, 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 all the, all the businesses you turn these uh, closed-down abortion clinics into, the, you, you must, like, so do you, do you run those? Does your business run those? Do they take a cut? How does it work? Yes, I take about 70%. I see. They're all franchises. I see, I see. Um, but I take about 70%, ensuring that the people who buy the franchises stay impoverished. That's... Wow. Wow. <laughs> and that uh, my pockets are lined. What is the advantage to uh, people remaining in poverty <laughs> for you? What is the... I don't understand the question, Dean. It seems like you're... It's advantageous for your business to keep people in poverty. I'm just wondering why, why, why that is. Well, yes, because uh, people, uh, they wouldn't have a choice. They have to work with me. I see, I see. People if they had more money, they would have more choices, and that's not what I want. I want less choices, fewer choices, Yes. only one choice to work with me. I see. So I can you get are, 70%. You're pro them having one choice. Yes. 
I see. Pro-choice. Gotcha. Well, uh, uh, yes. <laughs> Pro-business choice. Yes, of course. Pro-business choice. Yes, of course. But as far as your bodies, no choice. No choice. Pro-choice yes. for business, no choice for bodies. You're so good at you're so good at catchphrases. Thank you. That is something that I am naturally gifted at. Wow. Amazing, amazing. I, I have to ask about your hobby. Uh, you you make ball gowns for toy dog breeds. Yes. And so I'm assuming people have like functions they want to bring their dog to. Oh, and who doesn't? I mean, yeah. any function is a function to bring a toy dog breed to. Right. A holiday party, a quinceanera, a presidential uh, uh, inauguration. Pres inauguration? Yeah. Any of those things. I make dresses for dachshunds. Dresses for dachshunds. Mm, I wow. make uh, quaffs for chihuahuas. That's hair. I also make wigs. Wigs, too? W yes, wigs. Dog wow. wigs. Wow. Uh, I make uh, all kinds of things. Make I make pretty, pretty, pretty things for pugs. <laughs> Basically, anything that's an alliteration, I do it. Yes. Name, a name a toy breed, Dean. Uh... Go ahead, one that I haven't already said. Have you said miniature poodle yet? I have not. I make parade garments for poodles. Wow. Yes. Wow. And so this must be very, very, uh, very fulfilling for you. It is, yes. I love to sew. Um, now, I've never had any children of my own, Dean. Mm -hmm. oh. um, I find that interesting. Well, you would, wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> I've never had any children of my own, and so I've chosen to adjust the baby garments, and I sew, and I sew, and I sew, and I make them for dogs. And so it's fulfilling in that the dogs are all my children. Uh, teach them well and let them lead the way. They're not even your dogs. No, no, I sell these clothes at a high markup. Yes. Um, I am getting a picture of, and I'm sorry to say it, and I'm not, I don't mean to, uh, you know, uh, make assumptions or anything, but I assume, oh, be careful. I assume based on your uh, business and everything that you would like to have children and somehow that's not happening for you for whatever reason, I can't imagine. And you are... Now, why would you assume that, Dean? And you are making baby clothes and selling them to small dogs to sort of fill that hole in your life for some kind of like nurturing. Am I, am I, on, am I close? Dean, you're flying too close to the sun. <laughs> All right, I'll back off. I'll back okay. off. Okay, you're flying too close to the sun. Yep, great. Message received. I don't want these wax wings to melt. Is that the right reference? It is. Great. Icarus, Dean. Great. Icarus. Icarus. Well, we've already talked. Uh, you know, I've never met a person that I wish had been aborted before. <laughs> but you, Dean, you're a special case. I, it's so funny that you say that because apparently my mother tried mm. and I, uh, cheers to your mother. <laughs> well, heck, um, I don't really know how to bring Teddy back into this conversation because well, I could, I could handle that. You should sure. really see my play because we do cover, um, what happens when your mom tries to abort you in act four. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Okay. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. Now we did, I didn't mention this, but I actually fund Teddy's plays. Mm hmm is we we so? wear dog costumes in the show. Mm -hmm. And then we sell those yes. after the show. After the show to the children the and their parents. 
So you go to the low-income schools and yes. try to sell like fancy ball gowns for dogs to the children? They are low-income because they're spending all their money on dog costumes, Dean. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So it seems like it's um, about more than just your artistic integrity and uh, also about, which is, I mean, it, what is, uh, you know, art if we can't commodify it, right? So you found a way, mm -hmm. the two of you have found a way to take this play, mm -hmm. which is a very personal play for you, and find a vulnerable population to extract capital from. Yes. Mm -hmm. There's uh, your art. Yes. Now, what is art, Dean? Go ahead. Give me a definition. What is art? I Don't I've just say your don't. play. I've never felt before like a that. guest on my own podcast as much as I do tonight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, what is... That's what happens when an alpha woman meets a beta male. Uh -huh. What I, is what is art, Dean? I don't know the other uh, letters of the Greek alphabet, but I'm sure I'm further down. No, oh, that's possible. What was the question? What, what is, is art? What's art? Oh, what is art? I'm sorry. Define I it. I thought I just did something that you create that then you can then commodify and extract value from other. Yeah, he did yeah, say that. Yeah, that, that is okay. That. You did say it, yeah. and that is correct. That is the purpose of art: yeah. is to make money. And so can you if you try, you know? That's if you the try moral. hard okay. enough. Yes. I mean, that's the message we want to leave people with, right? Is that, like, if you're not successful, you're not working hard enough, right? And don't get abortions. That's also mm -hmm. kind of... Right. Sure, sure. I mean, I guess I just want to ask you, Teddy, like, if you do end up on Broadway, are, you, are, are we going to be able to come see you? Maybe we could sit and watch you one day on the, on the, on the Broadway I stage? I would love to to take this just for a second because we've been collaborating on a project. Mm -hmm. Oh boy, And really? uh, we have some very, very wealthy Hollywood backers mm -hmm. to our project. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't wow. know if you've heard of uh, Harvey Weinstein. Weinstein. <laughs> He's been He's having trouble getting work Harvey lately. Weinstein. He has been, but we have been collaborating with him. How do I know that a... name? I feel like I've heard that name. Mm -hmm. He's very Weinstein. famous, very famous. Uh, wow. And we've okay. been working on a Broadway show for wow. Teddy to star in. Mm -hmm. And what's the, give us the log line, give us the two-minute pitch, whatever it is. Let's get people excited about it. Well, I play Billy Bootstraps. <laughs> oh, is this the same play? Same it's character. Same character, same character, but a different play. Billy so it's Bootstraps. the Billy Bootstrap universe. Billy Bootstraps. Shows up in New York City and gets off a bus with just two bucks and a suitcase. And that suitcase is filled with diamonds. <laughs> the diamonds have been stolen from an abortion clinic. Because all abortion clinics have diamonds, diamonds. in them. Blood diamonds. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Oh, and then Billy Bootstraps is walking down the street, and a beautiful woman walks beautiful. by. Gorgeous woman, and, and played by me. And okay. <laughs> she takes him in. And, and uh, what, yes. uh, do you yes. mind if I sort of fast forward to the end and find out like, what happens to Billy at the end? He's I'm a, a billionaire. He's a billionaire. He's a success. Wow. I turned that one suitcase of diamonds into tons of suitcases of diamonds. Wow. <laughs> Mm -hmm. that, there's got to be a song in that, right? Like the suitcase of diamonds? On Broadway? On Broadway there is. Yeah. You'll have to pay for it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and no offense, Dean, you can't afford the ticket. No. All right, please give up a great big hand of applause. Teddy and Annette.
And that's the show for this week. I want to thank everybody who came out to the live episode. It was so fun. And also a big thanks to Sam Kernett, who did our audio engineering that night. Terry Burnbridge was played by Jared Hall. He's a comedian, improviser, and writer based in Burlington, Vermont. Hey, he was the winner of the 2022 Vermont's Funniest Comedian Contest. He also produces the regular shows Weird and Niche and Free Stuff. Annette Gelby was played by Natalie Miller. She's an improviser and the co-owner of Vermont Comedy Club. She performs monthly on the team Kingdom Kids at VCC and at festivals and theaters throughout the country. I'm Nathan Hartswick playing Dean Ardenfell. You can follow this podcast at The Corporation Pod on Instagram and TikTok and visit the website at thecorporationpod.com. Please subscribe, review, tell your friends about this show. And if you're in the Burlington area, I hope you'll check out a show at Vermont Comedy Club and say hi. See you next week. 